0: Rock and roll. Kia ora everybody. What's up? It is Rebet. Uh, welcome to Rebet Live, Friday in New Zealand. Big day for New Zealand. About to head into the weekend. Elections popping. Things are happening. And we're very, very lucky indeed today. Have a good friend on the show, Mr. Dion Nash. And without further ado, Mr. Dion Nash. How are you, mate?
1: I'm really good, Rebet. How are you?
0: I'll get the clips out of the way. I'll tone the intro track back down. And we're into it. How are you, brother? I'm really good. I'm really good. It's uh, a
1: little chilly in Auckland this morning, but um, apart from that, we we feel like we're coming out of winter into summer, so things are good. You seem like you've got quite a pep in your step this morning. Has life been good to you recently? Uh, has life been good? Oh, it's been okay. Yeah, I can't complain too much. Um, you know, but uh, on the scale of, of uh, world uh, wellness and health, I guess uh, we're doing pretty well down here in New Zealand, and and I'm, um, you know business is good or goodish
0: you know all things considered family healthy we... actually the family health being healthy is probably the main thing isn't it yeah i was going to ha- ask how the how the boss was clearly keeping you in check which is good um <laughs> w- when we first went into lockdown you were one of the f- actually we had a conversation the day before lockdown you were the f- i think you might have been the first one before we went into the to all of it and so maybe let's start here since that day in march the 5th no when was it march yeah, i think it was march right um, what has been the biggest learning that you've found about yourself personally and professionally since we last or since we spoke the day before lockdown oh just going with the really lighthearted question straight off the bat. No, yeah. no, <laughs> no, no, working into politics and then sport and, and the Raiders soon, don't worry about that. But what I've been intrigued with is content and time like we do it, we do a moment and you did an IP download of where you're at, you know, the first chime was mm. the, the fear of what was going to happen next, um, what it was going to mean for the country, community, culture, everything. And then, you know, coming back into it, we obviously had the old rope stuff, which was the state of, I guess, mental health of what was happening within it too. And then now we've come out of lockdown, I guess, number round two. Now we're back into the mix and the engines are firing again. That's where... context of a timestamp of where the headspace is at because i guess we've had we've we've been through
2: a a, a bit in the last
0: little while so i was keen yeah i I think that well the the
1: themes i guess that are running through my head at the the present time are, are around resilience and robustness um i think there's still a huge amount of uncertainty uh from a from a business perspective particularly but also um you know clearly from the world and Health uh, and what's going on. So, um, I think robustness, the sense of resilience, the sense of without a clear pathway forward, staying in the moment and um, and staying upbeat, uh, and um, finding ways to to maintain that mental space.
0: Mm. How's how's your headspace been? Men- navigating lockdown, fam, groms, school business, international logistics, <laughs> commerce? So so the first, I think when we
1: first spoke about it, it was about, um, you know, it's was really crisis mode. No one knew what to yep. expect. Big lockdown, my business, how am I, you know, I going to lose my business? Am I going to have to fire my staff? And, you know, all of those things. Um, so the first, I guess, part of that first lockdown was about crisis management and crisis mode. Um, I think the second, and then, and then actually the actual process of the lockdown uh, there were parts of that were genuine genuinely enjoyable you know p- spending time with your kids on a much more daily basis um you know uh, just stripping life back a little bit um i found that process and those things really on, on some level quite enjoyable but there was always this sort of black cloud uh which uh, you knew you were, were going to have to come back and face uh, reality at some point um I think then once we got going again, there's been, um, you know, in New Zealand, I think there's, you know, people have turned inward, um, the economy's actually been relatively okay, all those, um, uh, you know, dollars that would have gone into travelling overseas or, you know, tourism away from New Zealand m- have turned back inward, and I think people have, um, you know, for certain industries, not all, there's been, um, you know, relatively good times. Um so there's been a bit of boxing clever to to try and make sure you're in those categories uh, or work or finding those spare dollars. Um, I think the second lockdown was a bit of a a gut punch. I think that really...
0: The the, the energy got like sapped out of like you could feel it with like all my conversations, everything. And it's quite funny because I've been, I guess I'm still here in the States, but all the tone, it almost felt like... They'd maybe drunk too much of the Kool-Aid too soon. They were in this fairyland of, you know, Disneyland shit. And then it it kind of, it felt like the dip was way worse than people maybe had expected emotionally or mentally, right? Like, I think you're totally right on that. Yeah,
1: and I think, um,
0: if I sort of go back to what I'm talking about
1: around around resilience. I think one of the things, it it feels like lockdowns without a sense of, of, uh, 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 without, you, without a, a, a sort of sense of you know here's the strategy going forward just sort of, but that is quite a hard thing to sort of keep getting your head around and keep, because there's so much uncertainty that comes with it um and i think that that sort of seemed to slow everybody up and for us um you know it was coming into summer as well that just sort of seemed to really halt momentum mm. so that that that, that took a, probably a lot of the wind out of the sails. And I think really what we've been doing now is just trying to get, you know, that word momentum back up uh, and get back going again because Christmas is coming and that's, you know, for, for my industry, hugely important time. Um, mm. and, and I think for most industries. Um, but so <clears throat> trying to get back on, on get, get staff back engaged fully, get, um, you know, confidence back, really get um, all of your, systems back going you know we've lost a lot of time in terms of shipping and manufacturing and and um you know all of those things so you're behind on a lot of stuff so there's a little bit of um you know all of that managing problems that's been going on um but uh, but it, i think uh that's you know the, the flip side of that is we've, we've been expecting that you know you almost mm. you can't go through sort of a pandemic or a crisis like this without these types of setbacks so i think that mm. um most business people I'm talking are relatively resilient to the to what's going on at this point
0: so on that you know you've brought up resilience a couple of times most people in every sports person that goes to an elite level has to constantly deal with like mental resilience on a daily basis with probably a lot more pressure, pressures than the average. Old mate John that lives down the street, right? For you going through this, you would have, I guess, gone into kickoff mode because you've already used parts of, of your inner strength before, parts of that headspace before. It's not new for you, except you're probably just not in a you're in a different uniform doing a doing a doing a thing. I do feel that a lot of the masses haven't had that sort of maybe mental pressure like this before to a similar similar thing. So that dip was actually more that not that they didn't know if they could handle it because I think a lot of people obviously could but that they hadn't actually been to those darker places before or that the the really really gnarly um at scale across the Entire nation, every single person for that resiliency. So, I think you're definitely right on that because it was almost forced resiliency, um, with no other option. It's not like you know, you choose to be a professional athlete, you choose to go on the field, you choose to dot, dot, dot. This almost felt like you didn't have a choice and it was happening to you whether you liked it or not, right? So, I think it's really, um, uh, interesting that the next, so you go,
1: oh, yeah, no, just a final point on that. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I think, and I think, uh, you know, I always remember Gilbert Anoka, who you know, he was our. Mm. Like so, like so psych guy, uh, and he works with the All Blacks and people like that now. But he was um, he always sort of his one of the big things he always did is you know focus on the controllables, uh, and the things that were uh, and and that was a huge sort of thing to keep coming back to. It. You know what uh, really stressful situations were when there's so many things outside of your control. Um, but all you can do in those situations is, is come back in and if I what are the things I can affect? You know, what what things can I have some influence over and work on those things? And I think um, you know that having been learnt those lessons, I guess through sport definitely helped. But I, as you say, I think you know generally people are resilient, and it's not until you get
0: tested in times like this that it that it's comes out of you. you know? So. Rebuilding back up. Um, you talked about the word momentum and you know the snowball effect of, I guess, trying to cascade that down. How, how as a leader in your business, have you tried to snowball momentum back from starting from zero back into it? Like, what what's your sort of been approach from a business perspective with the team and the culture to sort of build that back up to get the the energy back high and get it, everyone back firing? Yeah, well, our financial year runs from April
1: to March, so we've um, able to have we just had our six month um, half year sort of. Um, meeting with the whole group so you know the guys in the uk um called in and um and, and most of the team are here based in auckland so we all sort of get together in one big session um and that that was really useful and and um you know actually what what we did on this one is you know we obviously everyone reports progress and against targets and so on and um you know good the good the bad and the ugly gets gets aired but um what i found was um i just recently done something with new zealand Trade and Enterprise. Um, with a guy, Mark Kennedy actually, and it was um, it was around um, you know, positioning for growth, or um, was, was the was the sort of the, the thing. But basically, Mark is a um, you know, really experienced marketing guy with huge worked on massive brands, and he and it was for me personally, it was a really great experience to go back into something that I you know with my background and where I sort of come from, and just all triggered off in a one-hour session or two-hour session you know all of these j- just remembering all of these things when i set up my business and my brand was like oh that's right oh you know and mm. going through that process and um and it was a really timely thing to have done right before having that group meeting because i i then went what i did is i actually went back to my first brief that i put to my designer when i started the brand and i looked at that and then you know, i looked at our first iterations of the brand development and our first campaigns and i was like you know h- how relevant how much on point was it now to then and how how much have we stayed the course Mm. um and actually really one a wonderful sort of learning from was like it's still relevant it still felt really fresh it still felt really good and it still felt like the same brand Um, and so i was able to take the team through that and say hey listen you know through all that we've been through look look where we started you know and look what we're doing today and it still feels really fresh and relevant but there's also some really great lessons in there you know um, about being iconic and about um, moving back to sort of um, brand focused rather than product focused, you know. Uh, and, and in times well, that's like that, legacy, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and you know, people fall in love with the brand; they don't necessarily fall in love with the product. You know, sometimes they do, but I think um, for for us, it's been about brand building, building that brand up and representing something in our consumers' eyes. So, I, I've just enjoyed um, that. And that's probably what stimulated me personally um for the last and, mm. and 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 helped me get my motivation back and i think once you as a leader are motivated this sort of naturally sort of flows down um and all of a sudden um you know people that you're working with can bounce off that energy so but yeah i it's think cool. that was a really timely thing
0: it's as a leader's perspective interesting yeah you get so focused on product of it then then necessarily brand and icon icon legacy, like Jay-Z's got this line, would you, would you rather be a trend or Ralph Lauren? you know, like trend <laughs> yeah. is for the moment, legacy forever, playing forever, yeah. you know, and it, it wasn't an, like he just talked about it. And then I had another uh, friend who got to go for to dinner with the head of Louis Vuitton at HVML group or whatever it was um, in Singapore. Um, And then he, he basically said, my, I don't give a shit about anything at all, except the legacy of this brand. That is the only yeah. thing I control. Nothing else matters. Don't even care about. And, and it was so vehement on this one thing because he said, if we if we lose that, the product doesn't matter. The people don't even matter because there's going to be no people. Distribution won't matter. Logistics won't matter. Nothing matters. And it was quite, um, I guess, valid. Must be probably validating as a leader to know, hey, we you know keep keep eye on the prize for the big things of what we're actually trying to build here around brand, not necessarily products which come and go. Hmm. well
1: yeah and and cool. you know,
0: there's so many so many components to it too
1: you know like letting the people do their job on the bus you know we talked about an old boss of mine um jeff ross talked talk, he, he had the favorite ricky stewart story ricky stewart was a halfback for the raiders back in the day um the the, the canberra raiders not uh, raiders. i know I know. <laughs> um so he uh and he always told the story about ricky stewart He's when the Wallabies one day they beat the All Blacks, and Ricky Should had been brought into the motivational speech the night before. And Ricky Schroeder's lesson was um, take part, just if, if you trust, if you go out and you just try to beat your opposition player, and you trust the guy on the left of you to beat his man, and you trust the guy on the right to beat, beat his man or his, her man, and um, everyone just does their job. That's all you do. And you, tr- and you have faith that the other person either side you don't try to do someone else's job don't try to cover for someone you just focus on beating the guy in front of you um at the end of 80 minutes you'll have won the game and it's and it's just a sort of like powerful anecdote really around you know it's, it's so often in in life we start to look across the fence at what someone else is doing in their role or we have an opinion on you know what's going on here in the business but we forget that you know, we've got a particular role, and we need to focus on doing that. And if we do that, and trust everyone else to do theirs, we'll be much better off. So, you know, yeah, those man. types of, yeah, those types of little things are all they all come, they all come full circle. You know, there's times for everything. But like I've been so lucky. Our, our team, we've kept everyone our, 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 through this period, and our team's really stood up. You know, at different times, you know, different people have really come through and shone um and, and even from you know the at the, the last person employed and with the with you know the, the the sort of the um you know the the newest role if you like or, um the, you know the, th- through to the person who's been here the longest they've all had their moments where they've stood up and done the job
0: mm, that's cool man good on you like not 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 losing a single person um cranking it through and getting back in it very resilient mr dion as 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 bloody expected mate as expected <laughs> um so i want to talk to politics you, you mentioned you, you mentioned twice in your last uh, little thing about you know the game plan to sort of get out of it it feels like is there a do you feel a attention from business owners that they don't see a, a clear pl- plan or or why that why that remark in terms of the, the the leading out of it is it a um do you feel there's not yeah, a, I, a clear path necessarily or what's your vibe <laughs> well look i mean i think i think that polit- i think
1: the problem with the pandemic right now is it has become politicized so yes. so much so that that you can't actually have a reasonable conversation around these things and i was so pleased to see um you know the the unheard um guys doing the in, in, interviewing um you know the, the three scientists from from who are who are yeah, know the way to, the way to sideline someone now is is, is to uh, call their opinion a reckon or and that and that you're not a specialist. So it was so spe- so so great to see some specialists come out and say, hey, we're just there's other there is another way that we need to be talk- at least talking about. And I think that that larger picture, I mean clearly there's this huge pandemic and you know there'll be a whole lot of people out there going, oh ex cricketer businessman, you what shut up. What do you, you, know? you know? And that and that's the problem. It's like, there's we've we've got to stop doing that, and we've all got to step back, I think, and just say, but this is this isn't, this thing's here, um, and how are we going to pick our way through it? Mm-hmm. And everyone's important, you know, from the business owners to the epidemiologist to the to the man on the street, that everybody's important. And we're all going to have to find a way through it. And I just think that there's been so much focus at the moment on solving the initial impact of it mm-hmm. that. There's a got to be a time where we sort of step back and go, okay, what's the medium, long-term view of how we're going to do it, and um, and and within that is a that you know there is a is a mental health component. There's you know just general health and um, other things. And then and then there's the economy, and all of those things need to be unpoliticized, you know, and we need to have a conversation that doesn't involve whether you support the left or the right and doesn't um, you know ostracize your point of view based upon that um, and, and that's a really difficult place to be because you know and, and it's a, a bigger topic but it just seems today's world is so polarized you know it's so black and mm. white it's so you if the moment you try to uh, nuance any conversation you get pigeonholed into a, a corner that that just
0: defeats your argument so um it's, it's a it's, tough one i don't know how to get through it no I, I, there's something interesting there around the the fact that it has been politicized 100%. Obviously, here in the states, it has even more so. You know, back in the back in the days of of roaming the mean streets of of I don't know Christchurch, um, hats and bandanas were a thing. If you wore, you could wear blue on our side of town. You couldn't wear red because we were um, we were obviously blue in, I don't know if the east side. And it, it stood for something. It meant something. There was so much depth to what hat you would wear or what bandana you would wear. And you could get into fights if you're in the sit like if you're in, you know, of those days, whatever. Um, and then if you look at mainstream now in the States, if you're wearing a hat that has MAGA on it, that represents something so annoying and people are getting beaten up, almost killed for wearing a hat, mainstream yeah. people for wearing masks, like bandanas have been politicized like now, like masks you're right left. of So literally going out in public with or without something is all of a sudden become what do you support Trump or not, or as a scientist or not, whatever it is. So I think you're right. It's um, unfortunately feels like it's divided more so, but do you feel for New Zealand? Yes, it was the team of 5 million for the first round. Second round felt like there's a bit of tension sort of building back, but they're now looking at it with the rest of the world. Do you feel that New Zealand is getting that unity again, seeing the, the lockdowns that are going back place in Europe, seeing the 7 million in America? Like, how do you feel that the, the alignment of a nation currently is in New Zealand six months later? I, I think
1: New Zealand's still very much together. I think we're um, – I, but, I, but, you know, I think that, um, I, again, I would remove the politics from that. I don't think it would matter who was leading the country. I think New Zealand is a, is a very tight-knit community. And I think that um, that, that that that's not one of the things that makes us special. And I think the fact that we are a relatively small nation down at this side of the world, it, it's e- it's easy to pull together, it, easier to pull together. And I think that we, we aren't divided. I think we're all still behind... Um, protecting, you know, our borders and trying to do the safest thing, but I think that, but and, and I think that will maintain. I don't think there's any mm. real splintering Agre- or division, but I do think that there's a mood for trying to discuss this in a in a more open fashion, and in a, in a way, I think there's a tiredness of being talked uh, at a little bit and, yes. and sort of not getting all of the information and in at once, and I think I think we i think there's a an opportunity for us to be genuinely world leaders uh, right now you know we've we've done a great job we are in a good position um but now what what's dot, the dot, ne- dot. well now now what and so that would be the real opportunity i think that sets sit, in front of us is how collectively with as a nation do we now get back on the front foot and show how to deal with this on an ongoing basis And I, and i think in order to do that, we have to have more, we have to have broader conversations than we're currently having, and, and be willing to to have those conversations. How
0: do we do? How do we do that? Like, if, are we talking about, you know, uh, stuff or the Herald or MediaWorks or TVNZ opening up for more voices? Is it more openness and willingness for community to genuinely listen, have it, have a, have debate without you know discourse and and fights? Like, wh- how how does that, you know. Yeah, like really in the real diff-
1: world it's really difficult right um because of largely because of social media you know um you, because it's because it's just not set up for a for a really nuanced debate on any level no platformers um and and so or well, you know with the exception of maybe YouTube or something like that and or 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 a podcast forum um where you can have the longer term uh, more nuanced sort of conversation around things but Uh, Look, it's really difficult, and I think that's why it really does require genuine thought leadership at this time. It's difficult right now because we're in an election cycle. Um, No one's really thinking about anything other than getting re-elected, so our leaders are just um, in that process. Um, And of course, you know, all the promises that are being thrown out by everybody – um, are really there uh, not not dealing with this big issue right in front of us you know it's just mm. no no one would be brave enough to come out and say hey i think we need to have a different conversation than locking down the borders at this point um for fear of losing the you know the the election the mess. um so but but the reality of it is is that that you know if, if we don't do that you know what are we going to do in, a, in in a in, in a year's time are we just going to lock up and blocked the borders my business is, was uh, an 80 percent export business um you know you can't run a, a business like that sort of set in new zealand it's just you know, without it dwindling you know um and so oh, there'll be many businesses like that and, and um and, and 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 we've got to get back and re-engage with the world you know, we're we're a country of four and a half million people we need those big markets and we need to be operating in them um but it's 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 incredibly hard, you know. You, who would want to be right now flying into the middle of the states or different parts of the states, and and yeah, and um from New Zealand, you 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 know that that's a, 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 as we stand right now, a relatively um unlikely thing to do, and 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 nothing our New Zealand government can do can, can change that um, at this mm. point. But, but but we we must be able to sort of prep prep for it some somehow
0: because it's got a, We've got to get back to back to business at some point. I get it. The um, you're talking about the thought leadership thing. I'm wondering if it goes from thought leadership to thought listening. Do we need more thought listening by others, not just you know one to say the voice, but then many to actually listen to the others, which gives more views? Because I think you're right on the social side; it becomes very kind of. Um, polarizing, and you can't really well, have it. I don't think you win well, debates in a comment section.
1: <laughs> no, you don't, eh?
0: And you know, <laughs> people, people are genuine. People, I I have this
1: sort of. I'm, once you sit in a room with someone, you know, someone who's polar opposite to you and all all points of view, if you sit down in the room with them one on one, it's it's very unlikely you walk out of that, that room with fisticuffs. You will have come closer yeah. to each other on some level at the end of it. And it's mm. like, and, and 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 it's just sitting down. But it's so easy not to get into a room with people at the moment, right? It's easy just to sit off on the side and, and fire your opinion and not listen. But I don't know, man. These are big. These are big challenges. I, you know, I, if you watch the social network, what's what's the um right, social dilemma? At the yeah, social dilemma, and and all of the, the, the many many commentators out there, you know, um, saying the same thing. It's like we're 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 in uncharted territory through the tools that we've created and and the social sort of position we find ourselves in. Mm. So, who'd you vote (laughs) for? (laughs) (laughs) I
0: haven't
3: voted. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, uh, I I think you are right. There needs to be more talk about it um, openly because it just kind of feels it's a bit too um, siloed. And, you know, the last thing you want is such a small nation to be so divided when there's so little, um, especially when it comes to not even feeling like there's a platform to to openly be able to do it. Um, before we go, I want to talk some sport. I would like to talk about two things. One, LeBron versus MJ, goat or not. And then uh, two, the Raiders being the Chiefs. Happy with that. But we can start with LeBron first. Um, you watch the finals, game six? oh my son is
1: all over it in uh in, like, he's what was huge. he he's le- oh he, no he's just all over lebron james he just loves it you know he's um yeah, he. Uh, I, I keep having him mind. On. He's only fourteen, but I, I, you know, I keep having him mind about his disloyalty of which team he's actually supporting. Is moved from Miami <laughs> to, to the Cavs in I'm like, and I'm like, then I'm
0: just like, what? Is, what are you doing, mate? <laughs> it's like, what, what do you mean you switched day. from the Jets? You switch to the Jets yeah, to the Broncos? Yeah, yeah. gets it from his old man. Like, that's right. why
1: Seahawks, the Seahawks, mate. I've moved again. Seahawks. But, um, yeah. But no, it's oh he's in an impossible situation. First of all, what, how good was the Jordan documentary? I, I just loved it for my generation yep. of sports people. Um, and it shows uh, what I, the commentary around that documentary showed just how far society's changed. The fact that I heard, it's quite a lot of negative commentary around, around his behavior and, and the way he built and all this stuff and bullying. And I was just like, my gosh, all I watched when I he saw was tame. it, was how a mate, how amazing he would be to play with, you know. That's the guy you want to play with. The guy's dem- so demanding and just, you know. I couldn't, so it was really confusing for me to watch m- more modern, younger players going, commentating and saying, "What a bully" and all of, the, and quite quite a negative. I found it quite confronting because I was like, "Man, the, uh, I, w- I would want to be in Jordan's team every day, anytime they can give him to me," um, yeah, and so. That that was an interesting sort of byproduct of the documentary, but I just loved it for what it was. And obviously, you know, people are saying, "Oh, it was all propaganda for for Jordan." But you know, there's uh, you you did get an incredibly raw, open shot of what 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 went on and and what it was about. Um, but uh, you but flip side that to your question about LeBron, I mean, man, he's in an impossible situation, right? And and it's like it's like Ali, like you know, you could make you could make comparisons with Tyson and um, yeah. you know Roy Jones Jr. and all these different great boxes of, but but none of them have the magic of Ali. And w- and what made that? Well, he, he stood up against Vietnam. He fought at a time when TV was coming online and and mainstream. He was a global sensation, and he had a whip unmatched out in any sport. Uh, and by the way, he had five of the best heavyweight boxers of all time in his era that he fought against. So he had these titanic matches, the fights. And so that set of circumstances is once in a hundred years, maybe more, you know. Uh, and Jordan, if you look at him compared to James, Jordan sort of had the same thing. You know, he came in, he was, he was a one man show. He changed the whole thing. He took an unknown franchise. He raised the game beyond its own borders. He he won six in a row uh, and at a time you know he he was he represented and and then Nike he came at the same time. So many the things timing. happened yep. of timing and all of it. You can't replicate. So <clears throat> so when you sort of talk about the goat, it's, it's sort of a non argument for me. It's just like that. Those there's certain guys who you s- just have that magic of of a moment and did something. And Jordan's one of those. I'm not, I, I don't think LeBron has had the opportunity to be one of those. So I think, as a player, just as a pure player, um, you know, those are diff- that's a different argument. You can start to you know peel that back and then it's still academic, right?
0: Mm. No, it's interesting. Obviously, you know, now he's one number four with team number three, MVP it feels looking at it that he actually potentially did more um, with actually less, you know, um, some of those teams and what he had to sort of go through a poster, you know, he had um, Jackson and obviously Pippen, there's right hand consistently through it. Yeah. I do like the idea, though, that it's now starting to become a bit more of a potential even debate than so lopsided because LeBron hadn't got up there. So it at least feels like it's kind of on an even field. Um, and then finally, before we go, Mr. Dernish, um NFL. Hey, yes. How are you feeling? What's your? Oh, voice- man, I mean, I just, it- I,
1: I, I thought of you. I watched the Raiders game, and I just, I was watching you, and I, I. I, I I couldn't believe it was happening. I couldn't believe it until right to the end. <laughs> it was <laughs> you needed insane. that. You needed that. You needed that full. I mean, to beat to beat the Chiefs the way the Chiefs had been playing was just huge, right? Just huge. It was like and, um, and a
0: legit team. It was. It was everyone but, like Mahomes was in. Everyone was in. Kelsey was in.
1: But you know what? But you know what? I reckon the commentators haven't made enough of is the week before against the Chiefs. Um, a Patriots team without Cam Newton, a really depleted sort of a, attacking team without their kingpin, actually pushed the Chiefs and and made Mahomes make some really bad throws and look, look off, off his game for a good 40, um, you know, good sort of 60% of that match. It was only right at the end. A couple of intercepts and the things went back their way. But if you actually draw back to it, that they were already just showing, I think, a little bit of how to defend against Mahomes mm. and how to put them off. Um, and it wasn't about the pass rush, you know. It was like about just hanging back and let, making them make a decision over time. Yeah. Um, but um and 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 you know, watching the Raiders, they just they just took that and went one little further, and then they you know, they played great. The but it was it was really cool to watch. I I, I must admit, but. It's a weird season, right? It's um it's so I many people maybe. out with COVID and, and uh, I know yeah. and
0: never again postpone and all sorts of shit. You see Nick Saban from Alabama just got it. Oh man, I, I I'm um you know, I I have been watching I'm a
1: sea just so for the record, I'm now a Seahawks fan. So and, oh. and have been and have been sort of from day one. That's been my
0: second. Oh my gosh. My you just gave your son shit for switching <laughs> teams, and you've done the flippin' same thing. You've gone east coast to west coast. Yeah, but um, oh my gosh. But man, watching
1: Russell, Russell, watching Russell Wilson is a, is just a joy at the moment, eh? What a fantastic! The fourth quarter play. comeback
0: was pretty legit. I'll, I'll tell you that yeah. much. It was pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's been it's, it's great. I, I I think the thing I love about it is um, for me having played sport in New Zealand, sort of sports, rugby, cricket, you know, all those types of things, it's really enjoyable to be a complete and utter novice fan. Uh, with NFL, you know, like you know, I can be a a, a, a dork about it and, and sort of and listen to it with um with open ears. So be, the, like be the rookie.
0: Yeah, I'm enjoying that process. Yeah, it's great. Oh, that's awesome, brother. Um, well appreciate your time, my friend. Um, always good catching up and connecting. Uh, when I'm back, we shall go to the driving range and hit the shit out of some balls. It will be awesome.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> I look forward to it, man. You're looking really well, so um, keep up the good work.
0: Mate, I've had a full <laughs> summer of doing nothing. What do you think I'm going to do? <laughs> got the pool, yeah.
1: got the hang. <laughs> uh, it's, blue, it's blue skies. It's blue skies. I'm looking forward to a bit of sun. I'm a bit getting rid of my coat and get into it.
0: I get you, brother. Hey, man, love your work, dude. I'll talk to you soon, Dion. See you, bro. All right, bro. Later. Peace. Dion Nash, ladies and gentlemen, great human, good friend. Known him for yonks, um, and he's been bald ever since I know him. He's a great mate. Ladies and gentlemen. Claps coming up. We're about to get into it. Holly Bennett. Hello, Holly. Are you there?
2: Yes, Kilda.
0: How are you? So there's a bit of a lag. I don't know if it was me or you.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I just moved my um, my camera onto data, so I'm hoping Ooh. that it's not me and that it's you. But we'll see how it goes.
0: Hey. Okay. How are you, Miss Holly Bennett?
2: I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
0: Um, I'm very excited to talk. Uh, final, last day's election. What is happening? How are you feeling?
2: I'm like so a- happy. I'm so happy that tomorrow is election day. Like I'm just so over all of this. <laughs> I do it for my job and I'm just exhausted. So God forbid how all the politicians are feeling. I mean... Yeah, as we know, twenty twenty has been an absolute dumpster fire with COVID and just an election on top of it. And everyone, yeah, I can just feel the fatigue. So yep. I'm really v- really Visually excited everyone looks tomorrow.
0: tapped as
2: well. Visually Absolutely. everyone just looks tapped. Absolutely. Well, I mean, like, I'm not gonna lie, both the female leaders looked great last night on television. Okay. I was like, damn coming through like that and it's like two days before the election they both just looked on the game but you know who won it i don't know it wasn't even a it didn't feel the same as other debates it felt more different more jovial more um yeah just more friendly what i would say is that i think that the as she always does um jacinda nailed talking down the barrel you know, talking direct to the camera, getting the message out there, you know, just such Vote for me or word. I quit. Just, oh, well, hey, that was interesting, wasn't it? I didn't expect... Let's talk about to that for that. a second. Yeah, absolutely. I think that were,
0: so for those who didn't see it, basically she said if she loses this election, she'll walk away from politics and onto other things. So if you want her to stay and vote for Labour, full stop. Quite the quite the aggressive move. Quite the, the statement.
2: Yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all. I didn't even... I mean... Yeah, I just didn't sort of come into my brain, but then I guess what she's saying is that if people don't want a labor-led government, they'd make that decision, so she'd move on, and you know, time for some fresh leadership.
0: Well, she's already had the wins from a global perspective. She's already Mm. got all the upside. If it did flip on her, she's probably got nothing. But um, it's probably it would be the smart move to then to then bail out as well, right? So I think
2: it was interesting, though, like. I, I want to see, you know, I, I, have, I don't know if you've seen any speculation following the announcement. I haven't looked at it in any of it yet. But it's always the same people that talk about, you know, where she might be gearing up to go for. And rather than listening UN. to exactly what she said, which is that I don't have any other plans, but if I were to not be elected prime minister, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to be doing, like I, but I will leave politics. Why can't people take these comments at face value? It always has to be, you know. No, it's because they're
0: politicians. They always are something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's true.
0: Why can't they just believe politicians? Like, because they're politicians. Um, Yeah,
2: but what I'm saying is that I don't think there's any malicious intent behind that statement. Whereas you watch, Mm. then all the people come out and say, oh, but there's this and must be that. I think that's so far-fetched. It's like a conspiracy Mm. theory.
0: So, at the way it's looking, Labor could um, could take uh, the lead with Greens partnered up, but they were just saying from the last poll. How is that good or bad? Thoughts?
2: Um, I think that for the rhetoric, the commentary that I've seen, um, everyone's believing it's a foregone conclusion, and I just look at it from the like what what history tells us. And in twenty seventeen, under Bill. Um, National had the exact same polling numbers, 46%. They only pulled in, I think it was, 42 on the night um, and couldn't get across the line. And so, you know, there's a lot of what-ifs. Um, yes, they're in a super strong position and um, Greens are on 8%. They would need Greens to be able to form a government, whether that looks like a coalition or a confidence and supply. Uh, that's up to the leaders to uh, negotiate. But I wouldn't be calling it yet at all um just given what happened in 2017 and as i've said to you before multi party dropping out i didn't anticipate that which kind of changed the entire landscape and um yeah you just we just never know what's going to happen on the night
0: Mm. how's your boy um the boy seymour with the social game he been on fire again is he is he has he climbing up the numbers
2: well he, he's still on 8%, but I was just going to say, believe it or not, I do not spend my life following David Seymour around on social media. So <laughs> I can't give you too much of a <laughs> um, an update other than um, there was a post that he put up the other day, which I kicked off on. Um, some of the people in the comments, I thought that they were conflating two issues. And I thought they just needed to be checked on some of their assumptions, but then it sure didn't enough. turn out to be anything useful. So I thought, why am I doing this? It's not helping my business. It's not helping my clients. You
0: <laughs> can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't want to debate through a comment section with strangers you haven't met if you can't see them in person. That's for sure. You could be battling against a twelve-year-old uh, yeah, after solving their parents' yeah, RTDs. Yeah. <laughs> um, what Absolutely. is the thing that your exactly. your most um, uh, What matters to you most this week? What's bubbling away that you you wanna Um, wanna talk about or get across?
2: um, A young lobbyist calling out the industry.
0: Let's talk about that. On Tuesday, something happened, go there.
2: So on Tuesday, there was an article that was put out about me and my entrepreneurial journey through um, National Business Review. And I was very grateful for the opportunity to talk about myself cause it's one of my favorite topics, jokes.
3: <laughs> and,
2: and so I got to talk about business and sort of what I wanted to achieve through my industry. Um, my industry is notoriously, um, very, very hard to break into, very shut down. There's not a lot of pathways and there's not a lot of um, knowledge around the industry. And then, so on the back of that put out a press release yesterday just calling for, um, perhaps the incoming government to take a look at the sector, not because I think that um, we need to suddenly uh, regulate or maybe put um, up parameters to change the shape and nature of the industry itself, but to provide more transparency and more clarity to New Zealanders as what our industry does. Because every time this conversation comes up about lobbying in Aotearoa, the overwhelming commentary from the sector is there's nothing to see here, it's not dark arts, just believe us and I really don't think that's good enough for my sector. I've got nothing to hide so I would say absolutely if you want to come and take a look at us, if you want to have a conversation, I'm here for it uh, because I think the more people that know about these skills, therefore the more competition that we can increase in the sector, the better it will be. Whether or not it will happen, to be seen but at least I just want to start the conversation that, you know, the industry's here and it should have a little look at it should there should be a little look at it
0: well either it's because two things one you're clean and no one's got dirt on you or two you know a bunch of others aren't clean and you've got stuff on them
2: <laughs> um i think it's i think it's wider than that i think it's no, i agree. About, you know you think about how many times you know sorry no, uh, like how many times i'll introduce myself as a lobbyist and people go what's that and then i have to explain you know and i've got it down so succinctly now which i can say it in about like 20 words and then get it over and done with but that again it's like if, if you if somebody asks me or oh, what do you do and i say a oh, lawyer they'll know what it is that i'm talking about or if accountant or broadcaster or whatever it is you know but time and time again i get the oh what's that and then what does that entail and then i'll get oh i didn't even know that was a thing that's a problem that's a problem mm. the sector needs to help resolve because we know how to resolve it but we need to be willing to talk about it
0: it's an awareness and education
2: issue right yeah absolutely and i mean again if you've got nothing to hide then you know should be, well, I, I my view is that we should be open to it
0: um and how would that change like how what would that look like is it a big pr campaign blitz of like lobbyists do dot 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 what 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 would that look like
2: I think that, for me, the reason why I put the widow um, or the challenge out to government to take a look at the industry is to really help the government put structure around the direction of the conversation rather than have the sector like navigate that themselves. Because obviously people are inherently self-interested. Um, so if we do it ourselves, it could get, you know, it could get messy. Rather, if you have government having a little look at this industry, then it's all the players within the industry coming to the government to, you know, basically um, say say their piece and then the government then having, you know, being able to, I guess, report back. Um, mm. It is, again, something that a select committee could do if they did want to have a look at it. Um, it's just something that I think the conversation, it's time to have it. It's well overdue um, and it's it hasn't happened. And I think that the industry should be saying, yeah, let's talk about it, talk about it a little bit more.
0: Well, good on you because you're on the inside saying it needs to be a thing. Um, most of the time, would be on the outside. If something's going wrong internally, then they would be trying to put a um trying to spotlight on it. But if you're from the inside, you're you're like a whistleblower. But there's nothing to um to whistle yet just yet.
2: But yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing is that the conversation around lobbyists is always the idea that you know it's dark arts, that it's Breast elitist. Cases. yeah absolutely absolutely i want to say like any of these critics are more than welcome to follow me around in my day-to-day and they'll see that it's not like that at all um and i just use the power of information that's before me and then obviously a a tried and true way of um you know navigating my what i do which is parliament and politics to then um get outcomes for clients so it's advocacy Mm -hmm. at its finest There's nothing dodgy but you know people will say oh it kind of sounds weird i don't understand how it works so therefore we should regulate so they go from like zero to 100 in you know six seconds and i'm like why don't we just first just look at the industry itself even just define it i don't know if you could even say how many lobbyists there are in this country because we don't even know And therefore, then we are unable to say, is it a career path? I argue that it is. I think we could get more people into this industry and actually have more people providing more services better, um, more competitively. But we actually need to find out what the scope of the industry is first, then look at it from there.
0: I get it. Um, And plus, we all know, you you don't even accept, Cash anymore? It's not bags of cash. It's just diamonds, right? It's just what—that's how you guys accept your your little oh, your pa- your payoffs not, Yeah, you know,
2: like all of these earrings. Come on, they don't.
0: <laughs> no. Um, holly I'm I'm going to be very excited for next week's show when you find out the the, the winners and losers and how this shapes up, and then we don't need yeah. to talk about the election anymore, and we could talk about other other great things in, in life and the rest of it.
2: Well, then we go into a hundred days of the government, right? Mm. And then we can see what's going to happen and have conversations about what, you know, things that you see and like deconstruct stuff. And then also talk about the age old thing is that what is happening re COVID and our pathway forward, because Dion touched on it. And I think it's absolutely correct to say, you know, this is something we're going to have to live with. So then what's the conversation going to look like? And I get it right now. It's on, it's on pause because we've got an election um mm. but we need to pick it up quite quickly and um yeah say like look at how all businesses are going to operate uh, going forward and if it's going to have to cha- make change radically
0: and, and they'll be forced upon it because everyone's going to then go okay cool you're in now what show us the goodies
2: yeah um, absolutely. Holly Bennett, absolutely
0: appreciate the time enjoy the rest of the day have fun with whatever you're doing wherever you're going enjoy the weekend and i'll talk to you very very shortly Thank you bro Love your work, see you soon Bye. Holly Bennett ladies and German She's over talking about politics for the week It's been nothing but politics Politics for months for her Coming into this whole thing But it's important, uh, you've you got to vote you got to get in the mix, got to do some cool stuff uh, Last but not least, very excited We're talking content, we're talking connection We're talking cool things, media It is Cassie Roma. How are you Cassie? How Thanks. are you? A okay. Uh, have you have you voted yet? You're all excited, you ready to rumble? are you are you are you energized for the weekend? Have you gone for your run? What are you doing? Dude. Where are you at? I can see you've got some light going on. Heaps on. I've
3: got some light. Whoa, I took a I took um a little card out of your game, man, and I'm like, okay, no hat for Rebet. no hat for me. There you go. Um my 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 mop's a bit Friday, different. Friday
2: <laughs> That's Friday. Right. Friday.
3: Uh, to answer your questions, yes, I have voted in both elections. Um, done my civic duty, as it were. Um, so that's really cool. That's that's the nice. second time I've been able to vote twice.
0: Um this last week, what has been the thing that's been most pressing in your in your in your mind that you would like to discuss, Ms. Cassie Rama?
3: Well, you named a few of them. You named connection and content, and yesterday oh, was yes. my first big tiptoe back into live speaking here in New Zealand, level one, um, spoke to a crowd of young real estate professionals. They were buzzing, like the coolest crowd. It was, you could just tell everybody was happy to be in the same room together. And most of the time, you know, you know what it's like you get in front of a crowd, especially in New Zealand, people are just so nice. And they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you ask a question and it's just like crickets. But yesterday, yeah. there were hands up. Everybody was taking the piss out of me. And I was like, yes, New Zealand, yes. was um, like just to
0: see humans in a room again.
3: That's it. That, and we talked about that for five minutes. But the crux of the entire keynote was about connection and how you make connections in an age of abject disconnect. And a lot of the time, it just took some storytelling and some talking. And it was cool, man. There was that. And I'm really excited about, I don't know if you saw our mate, Cam Wallace. Leave near New Zealand? No. Oh, off. yes,
0: yes, yes. yes. Oh, with MediaWorks, yeah. I, I, I send him some fists.
3: Yes. So that news is now public, and I'm just so excited to see what Cam does for the media industry here. So,
0: yeah, so this quite, it's quite a big, I mean, Air New Zealand's had a big shake up, shake up from their execs in the last little while, and a lot of people are asking questions about a whole bunch of different because it obviously sends a message when half the an exec team of such a big business does that but obviously at the same time i guess losing 5.5 billion dollars it's going to take a while to build that back up so it's like do they go to a startup or does that skill set play where you know if if i'm dealing with billions on a daily basis then i've got to go back down to millions you know is my skill set best served here maybe maybe not i'm sure that was a conversation that they had but the optics from the outside especially with shareholders and government and whatever is what's going on here why? Is yeah. it, you know, dot dot dot. Uh, what was when you heard the news? When you knew that it might be rolling? When you uh, look at the landscape around MediaWorks and the play, um, how do you think the uh, announcement of Cam Wallace's new CEO for MediaWorks will potentially play out?
3: You know, as somebody who knows Cam, I am so stoked for New Zealand, for the industry, for media. He's so. We met when I was at Air New Zealand, um, and I had a lot of respect for him from since day one. But now I have a lot of love for him and he's the kind of guy that will push envelopes but he's so smart um he's mm-hmm. strategic and he's calculated with the risks that he takes and when i left air new zealand actually four years ago this week i went into media i went to nz me so it kind of feels like there's this little trajectory obviously he went a bit higher <laughs> 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 he went he went straight into that you know that top seat um but i feel like there's an there's a real necessity for somebody like Cam in media right now. Um, he knows the airline industry, back to front. And so for him, he's the kind of person that I think will ask the right questions and go, "What do we need to do to lift New Zealand as a whole?" He'll be that tide that lifts all the ships. I, you know. So I'm really, I'm really happy about that. I'm kind of excited mm. and stoked. You know, and your friends no, do stuff it- and you feel all warm.
0: I, I definitely uh, know the feeling. The, the bit I'm maybe asking is um, with Discovery buying it, mm-hmm. and they obviously bought it for strategic reasons, local production, global distribution, dot, 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 um, international content they can plug in without having to pay for licensing right. and all the rest of it. Um, where do you think the biggest, the number one or two things that he's going to have to put his energy into when it comes to either content, localized stuff, or externally? Like, What, what do you think... If you're in his spot with looking at MediaWorks as a business, where would you focus the aim?
3: I think the first two things that you just said, um, so local content, local stories, and not just the slapstick old school kind of, you, you know what's coming down the line, um, episodic stuff that we're getting, uh, whether it's, it's radio or, or other kinds of content. Um, I think we're getting a lot of the sameness um i've been here 20 years and it's like you kind of know what's coming down the line so i feel like there's a, a a play for innovative content that's local and you know there are some amazing stories being told um kind of in the underground of the content world and the documentary films yeah. i feel like there's like a real i don't know there's a bubbling of great podcasting that isn't just repackaging up uh radio and pushing it back mm. out as a radio or show or copy now. pasting pod-
0: globally and put it in, in New Zealand market and put a different face to it. Some B-grade celebs doing the same shit, right?
3: Correct. So I feel like there's a place, uh, and I know this sounds wanky, but for innovative content strategy, that's just not being being done here. And that's that's around hmm. audio, that's around video, that's around the stuff that you and I talk about a lot of the time with um, the predators that go out, the producer, director, editors that can go out on a budget and you know three people in a field and just create beautiful impactful like meaty stories so i feel like the storytelling side of things is is gonna I, he'll lean so, into that i think
0: so if if you're them looking at it are you thinking it's is it some type of vehicle for mass local production where then they can have bigger distribution for it do you think it's you know is it starting up you know like youtube will have these creator studio hub type things where they can then get local crew and like do you feel it's really going to Do you think there's going to be a localized play to truly empower creators to actually get output, and is that the ninja move of kind of the 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 YouTubers of talent as person, but without the production big production companies behind it? And actually, do you think maybe he'll empower people? Is that do you think that might be the strategy?
3: I mean, that is something that he does regardless, (laughs) but I think um you know wherever it will go, I think the thing that Cam will bring is an open mind. You won't be tied down to anything in particular, but we, you just said there would be my perfect world. Um, how do you mm-hmm. empower and then distribute en masse, meaning to New Zealand audiences, uh, stuff that really matters?
0: Well, I, what I mean by people wasn't like the people as stuff. I mean people as the pr- the predators. The the yeah. The, the actual creators themselves, because if it's about ideas and it's, if it, it becomes a thing of, you know, do we copy globally or do we create locally? And if you copy globally, it's copy paste. We've seen that before. If it's yeah. create locally, then it's like, well, how do you actually scale that up? Because if, say, if it's, news reporting. There's only three news presenters. If it's this, there's, there's these small buckets. So um, embracing the talent will be thing. I've got a funky feeling that maybe after he kicks off the new role, we should maybe get him back on the show and have a banter. Be like, all right, Cam, so you're the new CEO, mate. What's going on, buddy? What are you doing?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you do a good Cam impression.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, he's funny, man. I, I like I, I like his style. He's got a good energy. You can tell he generally gives a shit. And I think those are at least, and yes, there are a lot of commercial pressures globally and locally and mm-hmm. business model challenges and advertising. There's a lot of, let's just call it shit to deal with. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But simultaneously, if you don't have a leader that actually cares or understands the thing or isn't willing to ask the right question or actually listen well enough to ask the right question, you might be, you know, it's, yeah. it's going to be a good challenge for them. I mean, jumping into, it's a big step into it's that good. world, especially, but.
3: It is. And I think, you know, with the last year and, and, all of the hardships that Air New Zealand faced, and he led really adeptly through that that mm. time. I'd say even through all of his tenure, and this is just me talking, not him, um, that he's learned so much that will be applicable to to stepping into a media role like the one he's stepping into. So, like you said, he he cares, he gives a shit, and he's smart. Mm. He's a really smart guy when it comes to the finances, the revenue, bringing in ways to help media survive and thrive. So I'm yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that one.
0: Cool. I get yeah. it. Um, what else is bubbling?
3: Um, I what was listening to you like and Ho- well, I was listening to you and Holly talk, and yeah. I love that she was she was like, "We need to just describe what lobbyists do in a short sense." And I was like, "Girl, I feel like that with my job." But <laughs> she said, "What she does is like I wrote it down right here." She said, "It's advocacy at its finest," and I was mm. like, "Wow, isn't that like every job that feels meaningful?" advocacy at its finest, ooh. And I just, I wanted to bring that one back up because I thought that was a little spark of madness that she brought to the show this Mm. morning.
0: She's very smart, that old Holly. Uh, I think she's she, very tapped out with yeah. the politics for this. For this, um, um, you know, she was talking about the the lobbyist side. Not many n- knows. Not many people roll. I think the bit that she missed in that is there is not many females. There's not many mm. young people, and there's not mm. many Maori. <laughs> and okay. I think when you combine those three, it's very clear. There's there's a lot that that certain sectors are missing, which I'm sure we could get uh, many into, um, media. Uh, do we want to talk about potentially our event thing?
3: If you would like to, I'm more than happy to talk about that. I had one more little topic that I thought we could chat about. Okay, you got a
0: topic. Let's go. Um,
3: there. So I don't know if you caught it earlier this week. I did a live stream with a local artist called Cora Allen Wickliffe. So she's a oh, Maori wow. uh, Nuwe, an artist who is the only person on the planet that's doing this art form called Hiapo, which is basically um, uh, I think it's like a, a paper fiber wrap that goes around folks when they pass away. So it's like almost a shroud and she's bringing it back. And you just mentioned young female, Māori. um Cora is the only person bringing back this like traditional ancestral art form. And it just went straight into my brain going, she has faced similar things where um, some elders and more traditional older people have, um, not put the, the brakes on her, but we were talking about how you single-handedly bring back um, an art form and it just shows me that there's so many different places in the world where we need to welcome young female mm. uh, innovators.
0: Well, it's, it's whether you'd like to or not, most of the crew that actually changed the majority comes from the minority. The big, yes. the big, um, you know, like the, the big shifts is always tension that builds against it. That builds momentum behind it, but it's the bravery from those, I guess the first move is that those minorities, and unfortunately maybe it's a minority with with your race, your gender, or your orientation or your education level or your location or your accent, whatever it may be. Um, Yeah, it it always feels that that builds, brings tension with it or maybe that helps cut through the clutter, whatever it is. But yeah, that's that's really, really, really interesting. But you, you wonder too, I think maybe with that, do you feel that it's more that the elders are too afraid to let, the future do it a new way because it's not how it was done and it's more or do you think it's actually because you are a dot 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 I'm saying no or is it beca-
3: I think it's for her it's like uh, you must earn your stripes you know it's, it's it. hard for somebody in an elder community especially when and fair enough too <laughs> I know as I get older when young people are like whoa and I was like whoa 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 it's gonna but don't slow down because people told me to slow down go, go full tilt. But also like you earn your stripes as you go. And I think for her, it's been the the proof point because she's the only person doing it. And she had to go do all of the research. She's been all over the world doing like deep research into how it's traditionally made. She's had to build her own tools. She's had to understand how things work. She's just had, she opened up a gallery in Ponsonby this week called, uh, called the Gray Place, I believe. We're going to go check it out this weekend. Um, but I think for her, it was more like, they didn't think she'd earned her stripes yet and maybe didn't understand her process. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing, right, is how we tell our stories so that other people do understand our process so that maybe we all start to embrace our differences a bit more.
0: I just had a meeting very recently and I was trying to describe this thing and I just kept trying to do it and my brain just couldn't like, get it done right. And then so what we did, I said, all right, I'm gonna share you right now into a Google doc. And can you just bring that up on your screen? I'm gonna start typing and talking. And then I literally did that. And as he started on the other side, and then we got like 10 minutes into it and it was like a um, a format convergence of what I was saying to what he was saying. And the next thing you know, I'm like, that's it. But I think there's, there's something in that with once again, that, you know, it's communication. How do you communicate? What's the best way to do it? And if you can't to the other side, and that's gonna make, make a big difference. Um, Cassie, have you gone for your run today? You're going for your half a ha- mile, half a marathon.
3: <laughs> I haven't. I'm going to do that right after this. Hence, hence the old sweatshirt ready yep. to go. Uh,
0: the lighting looks good. You got, any, got any, some new Something. lights going on? What's, what's going on? Yeah. Um, I'm what using my phone today.
3: I, ha- I do have a ring light. Um. Yep. Here we go. Here we go. Behind the scenes.
0: Oh, there, there you go. go. Behind the scenes. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah.
3: I've been is relegated the, down to the garage.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask. I was like, it's a big, it's a big room. I was like, oh, it's a garage. There you go. Nice. It's, it's
3: a garage. Right. Oh. A wine, a wine cellar and my studio, all in one. <laughs> You'd
0: be surprised at how professional things can look in such a small space. Oh, well, thank you. Mm, that's great. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I'm saying that for more for you. You've got you've, Your room's like three times big. I'm just in a small little game room here, and I've got the similar thing, got the white backdrop this year, but you can definitely make it happen in a, in a small space. Um, very cool, Jan and Cassie. And maybe let's hold on to the event thing and we'll do a drop on that later because I think that's going to be pretty pretty cool too. Let's do that. Let's
3: do that next week. Um, yeah.
0: stoked. Done. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of the weekend. I'm excited to see what happens tomorrow. And uh yep. thanks so much for your time and your your good thinking. And um big props to your your friend Cam for the big new role. i maybe you can um we'll have plenty of questions we'll to on. ask him because we the, we'll get we'll get him on. Maybe we can do a, a three-way interview with Cam. We'll have him in and we'll just like cack, 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 cack. okay.
3: <laughs> you two you two will cock, 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 and I'll just sit in the corner and go uh uh-huh, uh uh yeah
0: <laughs> um Thanks, Cassie. Enjoy the rest of the day. Thanks for your time. I'll talk to you soon.
3: Have a good day. Thanks.
0: Be good. Adios. Cassie Roma, coming in, coming in hot on a Friday. Like it. Um, that's been the show, team. Big thanks to our guest, Dion Nash, our founder at Triumph and Disaster. Um, I think it's Uh Holly Bennett, Cassie Roma, uh, good week once again. And big weekend ahead for the politics. Big weekend ahead what shall happen? What shall, what shall go on? Who knows, but I appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, Thanks so much for uh, the time. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Be good, do good, and I'll see you soon. Adios team. Peace.